you just want to uh, start to take sure. it? No, uh, yeah, reading's fine. Okay. The reading for today is on page 61, and it's, uh, I'm just going to go into it. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is mo more likely to have a variety of traits, to have varied traits, excuse me. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes, on, a, on the next occasion, still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. Still, the play does not suit him. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are to blame. He may become angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeking, a self-seeker, even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are things he wants and do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate snatching all they can all they can get out of the show is he not even in the best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony there you go oh uh, yeah well i like this is one of the most important statements in the book uh I feel, page in 61, in the middle of the par second paragraph, which is, uh, what is his basic trouble? It almost sounds like in the fear inventory section, they ask you, why do you have so much fear today? And then it tells you, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? These are like major diagnoses of the big book concerning uh, what we seem to suffer from. And this statement is sort of put out the same way. What is his basic trouble? Is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? And just as a lot of the beginning statements in recovery is preceded by being convinced, I would feel it would probably be very beneficial if we review our life and see if this is true or not. Yeah. What is his basic trouble? Let's not call it his. What is my basic trouble? Is he, am I not really a self-seeker even when I'm trying to be kind? Wow. That would be interesting because I thought kindness is an attribute of something else and there's badness is self-selfing. Self, yeah. Self-seeking is badness, kindness is doing the work of God. But they're questioning that whole dynamic. Yep. Is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction, happiness out of this world if he only manages well? Well, this is obviously a denial of the sense of being powerless, which is our dilemma. The dilemma isn't the powerless, it's the not uh, admitting it is the dilemma. The powerlessness is a condition 
that we're in. Basically, we can't seem to make people do what we want. We can't have everything go our way. We can't control and manage things sufficiently to produce an ease and comfort in our own lives. Yeah? So basically, we're powerless. Now, the delusion is, is that we're not. <laughs> and so this delusion keeps bringing us to the rocks of reality. We keep washing up on the shores with the hopes that one of the times we'll get it, you know, <laughs> we'll understand something, yeah, with the hopes, because that understanding leads to maybe a change in behavior, or even a deeper level, a change of attitude and outlook. So uh, this was pretty interesting to me, because at that point when I came in, I thought there was a distinct difference between bad and good, but the fact that selfing the identification of self is before both, yeah? The bad could be infected with infected with self and the good can be infected with self. Yeah, that was a huge surprise to me because I felt like the first few years in AA, I'm just going to be good because I've been bad for so long. So I'm going to try to be really good and not at least do what I used to do. So it was almost like a probation uh, commandeered by self. Yeah, so I was still being defeated by self while I was recovering from alcoholism. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> so maybe the, ref the, re the defeat of or the, the being bondage or the defeat of self is before really the alcoholism. Maybe it's the underlying cause and condition is the addiction to this idea of being self. I don't know. It seems like it's worked seeing life that way. And then when we get to the causes and condition of recovery, it really has nothing to do with alcohol or drugs. It has to do with selfing, you know, the bondage of self, the identification as what we're not. And that's the root of our problem, really, is the mental state that we're relying on and it's and it's aspects, let's say memory, interpreting perception, uh, the thought system playing in our head, all of those aspects of the mental state are reinforcing this idea that we're a someone, yeah, a long-lasting individual separate entity that no matter what has come through us, we were the doer of. And it gets to be really stretched in an active addict's life because uh, it seems pretty obvious that when I'm under the influence, I'm apt to do do almost anything. Yeah, so it doesn't seem that it's under my control or my direction. It seems like I'm being directed and under something else's control. <laughs> so I, I mean, <laughs> the program doesn't go with the experience. The program is whatever comes through me, I did it. Somehow I'm the I am the source of all of it. Yet. We've been taken over by, a, by something that basically talks to us as us, really, and that it's using us as transportation, really, and as a form of expression. Because let's say the alcoholism demands relief, it can't go out and buy alcohol. It has to have you go and get alcohol, yeah? I can't, uh, the addiction can't shoot up. It needs me as the body to shoot a drug up into my vein. So it has to convince me that its agenda is my agenda. And how does it do that? Well, 
it starts with being identified as it, and therefore we we're under the in the blindness, which is hopefully revealed in the fourth step, that self manifestations are ours. Yeah, and how can you how can you be free from self if you keep calling all of its attributes yours? I mean, you can't. It's not going to work. Obviously, yeah. So I don't know how you read the statement in page sixty four. It seems obvious to me that he he states starts it with being convinced, which on one definition means to believe with certainty. In other words, how do I really believe I'm fucked by reviewing how fucked I am? You know, that's basically so I'm convinced of something. <laughs> so being convinced of what? Of self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So... Do you recognize the manifestations of self in your life or are you in the ignorance of that and are you calling self's manifestations yours? Yeah. That's a pretty good diagnostic tool. Yeah. Am I clear what self's manifestations in my life looks like or and what the gods, let's say, manifestations in my life look like or am I not? And if I'm not clear and I'm calling a lot of self's manifestations mine, I must be under the the act of being identified as self, yeah? I don't know how you could diagnose it any other way. I mean, I must think I'm Stanley if I'm claiming all of Stanley's manifestations that are coming through me as mine. I must be identified as Stanley, yeah? So what would be the first step to be relieved of Stanley would be to really to see that these are Stanley's manifestations, not my manifestations. So let's stop calling them ours. So let's look at a resentment as a resentment, not as my resentment or as Stanley's resentment. Yeah, let's do that. Let's look at fear, not as my fear. Let's look at all the crazy shit I was driven to do to get what I wanted, and let's look at the sexual behavior and see it wasn't my shit, really. Yeah, I'm responsible to the point where it leads to accountability. So now I've looked at my life, and I've seen a lot of self in there. Yeah, and I, I start getting clear by sharing it with somebody. And the fifth step, I get clear of some of self's manifestations in my life because they're going to come. They're going to keep coming. Yeah. So now when self's manifestations appear, I bring them the six and seven. Yeah. I see them coming through me. I don't, they're not tagged as mine right away. I see them as a resentment. I F, I take that and I offer it up to that power to reconfigure it. Or let's just say, wash out the, the identification with it, and now I see a resentment as a resentment, and now I have an incredible, uh, incredible ability to get over resentments much faster than I ever could get over my resentments. And maybe you see something. I hope. I don't know. I mean, how can a resentment live for 50 years? It, the only way it can live for 50 years is being called yours. Yeah, you have to put it on life support and give it a lot of interest and attention and keep cultivating it and keep using it as an excuse and a blame for other shit. And it's not you doing it, it's the system doing it. So the system thrives on resentment. So it wants resentment to have a long-lasting life, 
which unfortunately comes from you. <laughs> so a lot of your life goes into the resentment. Yeah. And they're all crowned as mine. My resentment, my resist, my fear, my this, my that. You don't see the my is giving life to the resentment. The my is giving life to the fear. Yeah. I mean, I was in the water once in Australia. I wasn't surfing. I was body surfing that day. There was a, there was a, a gully and then there was a sandbar and I was out there. And it was an open ocean, open ocean uh, beach called Talos in eastern uh, Australia. And no one was out there. And there I was. And then suddenly I see this triangular, almost looking like aluminum fin, yeah, which I assumed was a shark. And it was doing that movement I've seen in nature shows and movies. It was moving like this, yeah, and it was about 12 feet from me. Yeah, now, uh, I responded in, with fear, obviously. It was appropriate. My body got drenched with adrenaline, yeah? I realized, fuck it, I'm in its, its territory. I mean, I can't swim faster than the shark, so I figured, you know, I have a bad leg from being run over, so I thought I'd offer the bad leg to it, you know? <laughs> and maybe you'd have mercy on me. <laughs> and I started swimming, 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 and I got out of the water and I was just flushed with adrenaline. And then I realized I was out of the water. So the fear of the shark subsided, <laughs> like quickly, yeah, because I'm not going to get attacked by a shark on land, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was cool. And then the rush went, and then I, ooh, man, breathe, and da da da. So the fear came up and then disappeared. What's the difference between that fear and my fear? <laughs> my fear can be crowned a part of my identity. Yeah. Fear of this, fear of that, fear of this, fear of that makes me a fearful, fearful person. Give me a fucking break. It's mostly anxiety, isn't it? Mental anxiety produced by obsessing over self of self or not get what it wants. Yeah, it's all a mental condition. How are you going to, when are you going to get the relief when you move away from the shock in the mental state? You don't. You're the shock, so to speak. Yeah. You're seeing, you're the place where the, the anxiety is being instigated. It's not from outside. Yeah, it's from you. Seemingly, your facility is being used to manufacture fear. And I'm not a believer that we manufacture our own misery and our own fear. I believe we can manufacture a lot of qualities like compassion, grace, gratitude, fear, resentment, vindictiveness. It matters who's running the factory, tell you the truth. Yeah, and we know what, what a factory taken over by self will produce. Yeah. And the common manifestations or products of a factory producing that's being run by self are resentment, fears, and harming other people in the pursuit of what we want. And therefore, we do an inventory on self so that we can recognize the defeat that we've been living under. Because the defeat is being 
supported and reinforced by our, de our identification as self. We can't recognize that it's a foreign agent. And therefore, we can't recognize or entertain, I can be free from it. I can only entertain being free as it, which is another form of bondage. Yes, just that simple. So get to the exact nature of the wrong and the causes and conditions that allow it to thrive. Yeah, which is ignorance, really. Yeah, without knowing it, a lot of shit goes on in us without knowing it. Yeah, we're sort of unconscious to what's doing certain things. And a lot of us have lived only on the consequential level. We knew the shit was going to hit the fan after it hit the fan. Yeah. And now all we're trying to do is try to keep this shit off of us as quickly as possible. And we call that a successful life. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. If you're caught in the hallway of shit and fans and you've been in that experience a lot of times, you've got to see it sooner or later. The hallway of shit and fans, the fan only turns on when you enter the hallway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you are, you're the instigator of the hallway of shit and fans. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I don't see how you can't see it. Yeah. My hope is just by sharing it, you'll get it. You'll see it a little bit. And if you see a little bit of it, more will be revealed. What is you think is what do you think this constant this power is going to constantly re reveal? It's going to reveal the disease to us <laughs> so that we can be free from it. Yeah? It's going to that's why 6 and 7 to me are the most active steps once you get once you get established in this way of life, 6 and 7 are the most active steps because what happens is you're going to see the manufacturing of misery. You're going to see where it wants to lead you to that fuck it. it. You'll see it. Yeah. And there's power in the seeing and that is the higher power. It's not you. It's the power that's going to see through you. And you're, it's going to tell us we're not that. And now suddenly you can truly be free from the bondage of self because you see what the bondage of self is. Yeah, and it ain't you. We had the old poopa scooper story, and basically, the premise of the story was hey, we finally come to our senses and see there's a lot of shit on our the lawn of our life, so to speak, and where we've been tolerating and adapting to it, and we've only got about two and th two by three foot of our lawn of life, and we're just trying to do the best we can in that one little square. Everything else has been taken away, and suddenly someone says there's a solution. Hey, you can pick up that shit with a pooper scooper. And you can do it fast. And if you get two pooper scoopers and you get really good, maybe you can expand the lawn of your life to like four by six. Yeah. Hallelujah. Great. And then we get invested in the solution. We think we got the greatest solution. Yeah. 
So then someone comes and has another solution, but we're now a big circuit speaker about the other solution. And we've got tons of autographed pooper scoopers in the garage, and we've got a big business selling this solution. So there's a huge investment in it, and we're not really open to any other solution. So when the guy comes in and meets me and says, oh, are you the big master pooper scooper? And I go, oh, yes, I mean... I've spoken on seven continents. I picked up I picked up shit on seven continents. The quickest anyone could ever pick up any shit. Yeah? Well the guy goes, Hey, do you want to know a solution? I said, No, I have a solution. I'm like the master of the solution. All right, well, as he walks away, he says, Find the dog. Yeah. Find the dog. If you get rid of the dog, or find the dog or put it somewhere else, you won't have to be a master of picking up shit. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, yeah. <laughs> the the thing is, we're identified as the dog. We can't entertain being free of it. We can only entertain being free as it, which means we got to pick up a lot of shit every day. Yeah, because self is going to shit all over you. <laughs> That's its nature. It doesn't, it's not going to have a mutual agreement. It's going to keep eating you, basically, and using you. <laughs> Sober or not. Yeah. We talk about how it limits us, like a tight shirt. So maybe you have the ability to reach six feet, but you're only reaching four feet, yeah? Maybe you realize you don't have the ability to have a relationship with another person, so you just avoid people mostly. You know what I mean? It's just severely clamps down on our possibilities, and we keep adapting to it or try to because we're identified as it. It's like the guy with the tumor never entertains it could be removed because it thinks it's him, yeah? So he has to live a whole life. He's got to get all his clothing and jackets tailored to fit the fucking tumor, on the side of his body, and he's going to weird websites about other people with tumors and trying to meet a woman with a tumor on the opposite side so they can go out together, yeah, and shit like that. And so what happens if you introduce a solution to them? Hey, you know, you can have that tumor removed. He's got 20 Italian shirts tailored to fit the tumor. He's got a fucking Pierre Cardin leather jacket, 1200 bucks that fits the tumor. I mean, hey, no, leave me alone. I'm gonna, I'm doing great with the tumor. All right, far out. Yeah, but for some of us, hey, maybe we'd like to get it removed. But you have to see it as foreign before it can be removed. If you keep calling it you, you're gonna fight to the death for the tumor. You are. You're gonna fucking fight to the death to keep the tumor. <laughs> so there you have it thanks a lot Paul uh, this is a time to if you have a question for Paul raise your hand and on zoom on my end it looks like I do that by going to the reactions button and then selecting raise hand and then I'll get to you as uh, well as we have time um, I don't see any questions just yet um, I great I could propose a question if you'd like, um, or we could see if, oh, we do have a hand up. Never mind. We don't need that. Debbie, uh, you are the first person to ask a question. I also want to let, let, let you know, Paul, that uh, Cheryl and Andy are new to this meeting as well. 
Um, so Debbie, unmute yourself and ask your question. Hi everyone, I'm Debbie and intrigued by this as part of my recovery trip. Um, my recovery trip. Right, Paul, I want to ask you, um, so are you saying that the dog is selfing? Well, it's, it's, it's reinforced by selfing, yes. The selfing says you're already a dog. That's what it's doing. That's about as deep as I go today. <laughs> well, listen, what is it usually, what do we usually have when we're feeling really uncomfortable as self? There's usually only one thing that occurs. We try to get out of it, right? Yes. So basically, we're not in the act of becoming a self. We're in the act that we already are one. And that's the lie. Yeah. So the selfing uh, implies we are already that which it's trying to provoke us to believe. So basically, we're left with one option, which is I'm going to try to get out of it. And then you see a lot of different vehicles like spirituality, uh, drug addiction, eating, gambling. We're basically trying to get out of self as self. Yeah. And that's why they all fail miserably because they end up reinforcing the thing we wanted to get out of. Yeah, because we're identified as the one trying to get out of self, which is an aspect of self. Yeah. It's caught in the great statement in our community, self can't get out of self. What do you think that means? It's a warning that this is exactly what may be happening with us. We're trying to get out of self as self. And they're trying to give us, save us a lot of time by saying emphatically, self can't get out of self. <laughs> so it's not like only on Tuesdays and Thursdays or, you know, self can't get out of self. So let's move on and yeah, be clear, be convinced of that. Yeah. So in my own life, I saw it. Yeah. My first attempts to get out of self was reading fantasy and shit. I read Edgar Allan and I, my head le leaned on the darker side. So I read Edgar Allan Poe and science fiction and I would escape and get out of self that way as best as I could. But then the selfing seemed to get more dominant, and so there needed to be more extreme measures. And then I got introduced to alcohol when I was 12. And then I started to drink, and that wasn't enough, and it led to drug use. And then I wanted to get, I wanted to have the ability to change my feelings as fast as possible, and drugs were much more efficient than alcohol. So I didn't stop drinking, but my main thrust was doing drugs and I was attempting to get out of self. Then I got into sufficient enough trouble uh, that, and I hadn't crossed the line seemingly, that wanting to know God was a sufficient enough reason not to drink, so I used spirituality to try to get out of self. That failed and I went back to drug use to try to get out of self. Then I realized without any clarity, I'm never going to get out of this. So I got very nihilistic and I just was going to stay as drunk as I could and as high as I could until I went to jail again or died or went to an institution. I gave up all fucking hope. Yeah. To get out of self. 
I did. And then one day, after the last attempt, which was two years in a program, and after I left that program and graduated with flying colors, I was fucking loaded and in the, in the living on a bottom once again. And I was completely, pitifully, incomprehensibly demoralized because they told me in that program that period of my life, though rather long, was over and I was going to be Paul, not Mr. Hyde anymore. But they were wrong. I had no defense against that parasite. It waited, and when it had me alone, it led me to fuck it, and I started using again. That ended up in a 10-month fucking spiral, and I washed up on the shores of AA, and finally I got struck sober, and there was an end to something. That radioactive isotope was removed, and I have never had a strong feeling or thought to get loaded again. And over time, I realized it wasn't because I wasn't doing enough or meditating enough or shooting coke enough or tripping on LSD enough that there's no way self can get out of self. Yeah, I'm, suffi I'm sufficiently convinced of that, which has led to a, a lot of fucking damn relief. <laughs> now, does self been convinced of that? No. Self is constantly trying to get out of self, but I've been convinced that I'm not self. <laughs> so let self try to get out of self all at once. It doesn't have the stage it used to have. It has like, you know, maybe buying too many, you know, whatever, pairs of pants at a thrift store or something. <laughs> but it's, it's pretty much, it, it, it has no uh, guns or armaments to use. It's just basically... <laughs> grazing in fields all day, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Paul, Paul, do you identify as spirits? No, do I don't identify, identify as, as anything. Spirit. You just are. No, I don't identify as spirit. I, I sense I am spirit. I don't identify with it. You can't I, identifying with what you are would be a, a denial of what you are, yeah? Okay. You see, the identifying with spirit would imply you're something other than spirit. That's a that I don't, I'm not a believer of that. Okay. Yeah. So there was an identification of self, and now there's no need for identification. Now, I don't have to identify with a good self or a or a transcendent self or a spiritual self. I just realize I'm not self, and then find out. Yeah, so it's pretty obvious if you didn't have an, an extreme bias going over the evidence, it's pretty obvious that here you start at seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? Yeah. Yes, and everyone everywhere starts at the same point every day, seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And they may have a story that it's them seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. But that story is pretty bogus, really. The, the story that of being the seer, the hearer, the feeler, the taster comes after the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. I would be suspicious of its uh, decrees <laughs> or its statements. Yeah. <laughs> so the mental state presents us as a doer of a lot of shit we have nothing to do with. 
and then we listen to a narrative all day, and when we need to be reminded of it, we have memories picturing us, of us as a body in the past, and when we remember ourselves in the future through worry, we're picturing ourselves as a body. So the system reinforces the idea of self all fucking day. Yeah. Now, if you're an unconcerned, ignorant listener of the stations, you're going to be bound to the idea that you're a someone, yeah? And that someone is going to get fucked at some point, and you'll probably drink and use again. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Debbie. Thanks a lot, Paul, for that. Um, I have the next question coming from Facebook. Um, let me just get it here. Richard asks, Paul, what do you think about trauma being the root of addiction? And then he goes on to say, as Gaber Mate says, addiction is a response to trauma. I don't know if you know who Gaber Mate is, but th that's his question. Well, if you can, if see trauma, let's say if you're saying trauma, there's perceived trauma and then there's trauma, yes? Yes? People have perceived themselves into being traumatized, like my cat. My cat is pre-traumatized. Before anything happens, it's, it's already in anxiety. <laughs> so I'm not a believer in that, no. You've experienced trauma in, in, in your story. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that or how that's changed or how you work with that based on your understanding? Well, I, I don't work with it at all okay. from now. And uh, I like the AA way. You don't directly go at anything. See, it's not A goes to B, go to C. There's something happens as A, and then you, you arrive at F, which is what I like. Yeah, so I don't go. The body took a lot of trauma because of... Uh, yeah, getting run over twice by a Chevy Monte Carlo is traumatic for sure. And yeah, and then I had a lot of trauma or I was around a lot of trauma because my family, a lot of people died to, you know, two from suicides. So yes, but uh, I'm not a believer that everyone, every addict, it's came from trauma. Because what trauma, there's trauma and there's the reaction to trauma. I would say react, the reaction to trauma is the cause of the dilemmas in a way. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I'll propose a question if you don't mind. Um, fear tends to be a, a large portion of, of what we experience here in recovery and then you had earlier made mention about uh seeing the tr uh it's not fear it's mental anxiety okay it's not mental, fear. mental anxiety um seeing the, the 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 tree from the fruits it produced um in my experience sometimes i want to i, I used to want to conquer fear and and in many respects sometimes i see in the moment that there's not necessarily anything to fear and then sometimes I, I see fear. So in my exploration, I don't necessarily want to conquer fear anymore. I see fear as an indication as to what I'm operating 
from. So in that respect, fear is actually a welcome reminder and it helps me see how I could maybe adjust towards my higher power. What's your thought on that? Well, yeah, when you, when you uh, do an inventory, it always leads to a, a step, yeah? And usually it's the third step. There's still a reliance on self, and reliance on self is truly the basis of mental anxiety. Yeah? Yeah. If you follow the book, why do you have so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? There you go. That's the... Uh, the message from the big book. Yeah. Self-reliance has failed us. All right. What does it look like? What does self-reliance look like, actually? I mean, you can say the name without having any knowledge of what it actually looks like. Yeah. You can go, self-reliance has defeated me. But do you know what it looks like? Self-reliance is an activity. It's not a fucking tattoo. Yeah. It's an activity. That activity, you would, you basically you can witness it by an incredible amount of devotion to thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the thoughts mostly being presented, the thoughts that are being presented are presenting false evidence, and yet they keep appearing real to us. The acronym of fear. Why is that? Because. False evidence is appearing real to some other false evidence. The idea of you is false evidence. Yeah. 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 So the whole system is of anxiety. It begets anxiety. It manufactures anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you? That's why they say you can't, that which is producing the problem, you're not going to find the solution in. Yeah. And so a thought is a thought. The my of the thought is what gives its power because the my represents faith. So when I have faith in the thoughts appearing in my head, they have quote unquote real effects. I can be dominated today by next week by faith in thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is what I see. The faith is the main manufacturing of everything. And as it says in recovery, perhaps there's a better way. And that better way is uh, not trusting the finite self and trusting the infinite. Yes, that's the transfer of the program. You can't do that. Because if you tried to have faith in the infinite, you'd be having faith in the finite, basically. Yeah. So the program will produce an effect that you can't do basically. And then once you start seeing it, like I had the experience that something got me sober that no human power could do. Well, after seeing that demonstration, I've seen it demonstrate millions of times that something has done for me what I couldn't do. Yeah. So the faith has been moved from the finite self to the infinite. So I don't have faith in the thoughts that are playing in my head. So they don't usually provoke an action, yeah? Yeah, that makes sense. You know, (laughs) I mean, seriously. But that's the better way. So first you need to tell the truth. What's trusting the finite? What is trusting the finite self? What is that? 
it's you know you can't just say the words without any sense of sense feltness about it you know all right what what does self-reliance look like well i'm listening to the thought system with a great amount of devotion i'm believing it's true yeah all right that's trusting the finite self perhaps the better way is trusting something infinite so how would that look well one way would look would be not trusting the finite self (laughs) that would how trusting infinite would look to us not trusting the finite self is a pretty good indication that you're trusting the infinite yeah (laughs) you don't have to question am i trusting the infinite just question are you trusting the finite self and how where is that well are you believing every fucking thought that's going through the head yeah if you're not you're starting to get healthy really (laughs) yeah and the program is about reinforcing that health and changing the causes and conditions. Like, you know, you're an unhealthy rose bush. That's why you're not blooming. It's not because you can't bloom. You can. You don't have the right conditions to bloom. And then, all right, we're going to look at what the rose bush has been relying on. It's been, been, been relying on a very small pot. That's not going to do. It doesn't have any real soil in there. It's just rocks. Okay, that ain't going to do. And no one's giving it any water. All right, that's the, so let's change the causes and conditions. And suddenly that bloomless rose bush is blooming like crazy. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. that absolutely. So are we living in uh, a Petri dish that, that is very hospitable to the parasite of alcoholism and addiction. Well, you look at its manifestations, and if there is a lot of manifestations, it must be living in a very, very acidic Petri dish called you, yeah? And we need a way of life to allow something to change that. So our Petri dish now becomes inhospitable to the parasite and becomes very, very hospitable to the higher power. That's all. We can't do it. But it can be done to us through the auspices of a, of a program and by the influence of the power that comes into the program. The grace of recovery, if you want to call it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Well, it makes sense because it's on the money. I mean, you've got to see, first you've got to recognize uh, you're fucked to see the importance of being unfucked. If you're thinking you're great, well, go ahead. I mean, seriously, yeah? It doesn't go, trust, you know, you have, the way it is for us, we've got to see what it looks like to trust the finite self. And then there's a movement to trust in the infinite, yeah? Because you can't just turn around because if you're identified as self, yeah, Let's say the people, people who say they have no faith, isn't there faith in that? When people say they have no faith, there's faith in that. There's faith always, yeah? It's where that faith is in, that's what's going to manifest. So if it's put in the mental state, it's going to be developed and completely run by yesterday and tomorrow, yeah? If it's put in something else, that same faith that the mental state is using to enslave you to yesterday and tomorrow will enrich your day, being directed by the higher power. It's the same energy. 
It's just how it's being put to use. And how it's being put to use is how it's being directed. Yeah? If you have a self-directed life, it looks a certain way. And if you have a higher power-directed life, it looks another way. It's just that's fucking simple. And so when you have, you're established in a new way and you see the old way getting, you know, brought up, you bring it to six and seven. Yes? Yeah. yeah. My knee reaction from the mental state, if anything happens, I blame someone immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, so fast. There's no way I'm going to change that. I just see it as not me, and I bring it to six and seven. That's all. Yeah. That's I don't get guilty because it's not me. I get, I, I have the same. Ba- uh, Paul, looks like you got muted or something. Check your phone. Paul. Hey, Paul. Paul, you, you've become muted. Um, yeah, see if you can fix your computer or something. I can't hear you just yet. Let me see if I can try to re- Yeah, your, your audio is not coming through, buddy. I can't hear you. Do you, there you go. Well, ooh. I can't hear you. There, I hit the wrong phone. I got you, I got you. You're, you're on a lot again. I can hear you. All right, so yes, that's all. I'm just rambling, but- I'm not trying to, uh, you know, my view of the steps comes from my view of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. The The view of the problem, when you see the problem from the solution, it's a really incredible way to look at the steps. Yeah. If you see the steps from the problem, it seems like an order. I gotta fucking do something again. When you see it from the solution, just like you know, people think, you know, a service commitment can be a chore. Someone who's onto it sees it as an incredible opportunity. Fuck. Yeah? yeah. Someone's giving me, instead of get out of jail free card, they're giving me get out of self free card. Yeah? <laughs> All right. I'm going to take that H&I commitment. <laughs> because I know what happens when I'm there. I'm, my attention and interest gets sucked out of the orbit around Paul and I pay attention to what's happening, and I feel fucking big about that, and I sense a presence when I'm there. Yeah. But when you hear this shit from self, oh, another fucking obligation, another, yes? The problem only sees every solution from the problem's view. Yeah? It's wonderful to see the problem from the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gone to meetings where all it is is the problem talking about the problem? It's not that attractive. No, I've got a that that's a hard one. I, I try to add something to that because I'll judge it and it's it's yeah, I understand that. Yeah. The higher power is still there. The presence is coming through, but I mean, I remember when I went to Australia, their meetings were an hour and a half. I was used to an hour. And an hour and a half of the problem speaking about the problem was fucking very unattractive. <laughs> Just like Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> we've got um we've got several hands up. We've got three hands up here on Zoom and I've got one additional one on Facebook. 
May I wow. add the Facebook one? Yeah, we're getting a lot of activity today. Um, real quick, I don't know how to say this name. I believe it's, oh, shoot, T-R-I-S-H-U-L-A, Trish. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that. The question is, so the witness itself is the true aspect of our higher power experiencing life, correct? Well, the thing is, if you want to call it witnessing, that witnessing will also be claimed by the mental state. Okay. You need to be able to see that or you'll be thinking you're the witnessing and you'll be framed as the witnesser, which mm -hmm. is not, yeah. It's just another aspect of self, in my view. Thanks. Um, you have to be very clear through your own investigation. Selfing is what I'm speaking of. I'm not speaking of self. I use that because it's the terminology of recovery. I see the bondage of self as an activity. I don't think there's any self to be bonded to. I think there's a an act of being identified as self, which is a verb completely. Yeah, there's no noun in there. It's that noun is made up. Yes? Yeah. So, so yeah. So the movement of the selfing is to claim life. So whatever the consciousness that we are an example of allows us to meet, the mental state claims it to imply and reinforce its own agenda, basically. So there's there's a life going on, and then there's something that's sort of directing that life into an interpretation called self-centeredness. And some some of us have been left where we've moved out of life, and we're up the ass of the interpretation of life from self-centeredness. Yeah. Yeah. So the first movement. So let's say there's the clear awareness. In a second, that's been that's being claimed by the mental state, and it's presenting that it's the one who's clearly awake. Yeah, mm -hmm. just good to notice it. Okay, the witnessing is there. The witnessing is there, but the witnessing itself gets claimed also. Right. Thanks a lot for that distinction. It's it's very mercurial and hard to understand sometimes. You don't need to understand. Just it's in there. And something may use it, and then you'll see you'll see more. You know, you'll just see more of something. Yeah, yeah. The, the more you see of something, the less you'll be identified as it. <laughs> Tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get. That. Yeah. So knowledge of self is valuable. If self claims the knowledge, it doesn't avail us anything. But knowledge of self is valuable. But self knowledge avails us nothing. It's a, it seems to be very, very uh, confusing, but it's actually super clear, really. See, any knowledge claimed by self will avail us nothing, yeah? Knowledge of self avails us a lot. There's a lot of value there, but knowledge claimed by self called self-knowledge avails us nothing, yeah? That's, that's the system showing that it's failing, yeah, I, I get that. So, like, say the witnessing is going on, the witnessing claimed by self, and now is called as a witnesser, is availing nothing. It's, yeah, it's not gonna, you're not free from fucking anything. You're just bound to another idea. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah. 
The next question we have is going to be Kathleen, and I believe it's Tuxen. Kathleen, I'm going to have you uh, un unmute yourself, and you can make sure I do that correctly. And then we have John after that. Uh, he just lowered his hand. Go ahead, Kathleen. Hi. Thanks. John's out. John's out of the race. <laughs> just Lowered um. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So you're talking about fear versus mental anxiety is interesting to me, and um, you seem. So I'm just wondering how you're differentiating there. Mental anxiety usually comes from what's not happening. Fear is something that arises in a moment and is usually appropriate for what's arising in that moment. Fear is an emotion. Mental anxiety provokes emotions, but it is not an emotion. It's a mental product. It tries to mimic fear, but it's not of fear. Yeah. That's why it says, I feel in the book, when we do the inventory, it says self-seeking and frightened. It doesn't say self-seeking, period, frightened. Self-seeking and frightened go hand in hand. The frightened, the fright, being frightened isn't coming from fear. It's coming from mental anxiety in us most of the time. Yes? Are you releasing adrenaline every day, every second of the day? No, because you're not in an, an apparent threat. You're getting uh, a micro dose of electrocution every day because there's faith in the thought system. And the thought system is telling you there's scary things ahead and you're not going to get what you want or you're going to lose what you have. And therefore it provokes a reaction, a parody or let's say a pantomime of fear called mental anxiety. Yeah. Most of us are reacting to what's not happening. Then we're not responding to what's happening. Or our response to what's happening, which is the mental state, is a reaction to what's not happening, <laughs> basically. So, uh, you know, I would love to be a psychiatrist or a psychologist that my specialty be, would be what's not happening. I'd only have to work one day for my whole career I'd book up about 60 appointments. Each person would think they were going to get an hour. They'd come in and start bitching about what's not happening. And I'd say, Mr. Smith, that's not happening. I'll see you next week. What other solution is there to something that's not happening? Should I go over it and try to find the origins of it? Give me a fucking break. You're reinforcing the fallacy that it's happening. Yeah? Let's bring people to the understanding that we're reacting usually to what's not happening. <laughs> that's called a that's called a mental occupation. I mean
the senses aren't reacting to what's not happening. They're reacting to what's happening. I'm seeing these Zoom squares. I feel the little coldness in the room I'm in. I see everything is still outside. There's no wind out there. Yeah, I see the cat. I feel uh, probably one of my vertebrae is a little out in my back. Yes. <laughs> Sinuses could be clogged a little. Yeah, that's what's happening. I'm really going to be fucked. <laughs> it's usually coming from next week or something. <laughs> Do you have the eyes to at least tell the difference, really, between what's not happening and what's happening? Didn't remember one of the the greatest little statements when you come in AA is say, "Look, look down and see where your feet are." You know, let's use that. <laughs> All right, my feet is on, are on a bed right now. It's I'm not a not a bed of hot coals, a bed with a nice comforter. <laughs> What's the appropriate reaction? Chill out. <laughs> but my head may be totally obsessed with next week, so I can't seem to respond to what's happening because I'm a fucking addict to what's not happening. Because I'm in great devotion of faith in the thought system. Because the thought system is based on what's not happening. Why do you think it's so important to statement in AA a day at a time? Because for addicts and alcoholics, a day is full of tons of time. <laughs> We're completely driven by an over abundance of time. I'm gonna be fucked. I'm gonna, you know, it's just do away. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yes. Thanks a lot for that question, Kathleen, and thanks a lot, Paul. Um, Thank you. Would you like to have a couple more questions? We had a bunch of whack moles that raised their hand and then they disappeared. Um, what, what, what well, let them say disappeared. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. We we a, a question not asked is a great question to me. <laughs> well, no points for me because I laughed today. <laughs> so. Oh, we do have one, if you're ready for it. It's iPhone Jeff. I don't recognize Jeff. Hopefully he's respectful. Um, you ready for it? <laughs> All right, here comes uh, iPhone Jeff. iPhone Jeff, you're on the line. Right. Yeah, hi, how are you doing? I was, uh, I noticed when you mentioned that uh, about we're caught up in what's not happening. I noticed that when we, the attention is on what's happening. I felt a sense of grace. Uh, I thought that was, yeah, I can yeah. see where the grace comes from. This kind of like uh, the attention being on what's happening. Yes. It, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I was wondering why do you, you mentioned we are addicted to thinking. And I wonder well, why do we become addicted to thinking? Is it a kind of an addiction to? adrenaline or fear or no i would say mostly because the thinking we believe is about us <laughs> we're addicted to uh sort of uh we wouldn't we wouldn't be addicted to thoughts that were about stanley would we unless we were stanley yeah 
the addiction to thoughts comes to, I feel, rests on the addiction to the idea of being the thinker. Yeah. Or And or the thought about. Yeah, so. Is it like That's, narcissism maybe? Or? Yes, extreme. Like in Buddhism, they would call it the cherishing of self. Yeah. The cherishing of this idea of being Paul. Yeah. To the point that it's gotten overboard. Yes. So. Yeah. That's why in recovery, the activity of the condition is an excessive obsession with self. So therefore, service is very much pronounced because it gives you an opportunity to have that orbit of attention and interest always going around you to be pulled out of that orbit. And then you feel different when that interest and attention is pulled out of the orbit of self. So now maybe a new possibility you taste, yeah, with maybe not even knowing it on the conscious level. There's a taste of it. And then let's say there's more opportunities of service and you get the same sense. You feel available and you feel present, which meant you were in a condition of seemingly not available and not present because that's how you feel something. Yeah, it's through comparison, right? So now the the conditions have changed so you can say, wow, I feel available. And the only way I get that recognition is I was really unavailable and I feel present because I was seemingly really unpresent. Yeah. And that can, that may have a better allure after a while to the obsession with self. I mean, you've, you've maybe gone that you've gone through that rotation for 50 years. You're fucking bored of it really. Yes. (laughs) So maybe you're open to be drawn out of it much easier and maybe the possibility uh, that the out is really what you've always been in. Yeah. So now the self doesn't have a dominant role anymore. The idea of you, it becomes secondary or maybe past, be past there. And now you're centered, but not self-centered. Yes. Centered. You really have an anchor, not a mental fucking two foot anchor that doesn't land anywhere solid you actually are established in that new condition of reliance on something greater than self. And you're enjoying the benefits of that, which is you recognize what's not happening from what's happening, which seems like every kid does it, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I yeah, like the grace lies. The grace isn't in yesterday and tomorrow. The God of time is not the higher power. It's, it's, the, it's the God of selfing. Yeah. When you go into the future, you're not walking there with God. There's no future in God's mind. Yeah. When you walk back into the past, there's nothing. No one goes with you. Yeah. Because it doesn't fucking exist. It's now. The I am isn't I was and I will I will be. That's not the God we're praying to. The, what the God is the God of I am. Yeah. Now. <laughs> the mental state is the God of I was and I will be. Yeah. And it extorts us all day. We're so afraid of something terrible happening. We allow a lot of little terrible things to occur all fucking day. 
Yeah? It's sort of like an extortion. All right. I won't really bring out the big foot from the heavens and stomp you, but you're going to be co-opted every day. You're going to be worried about inane shit all day. All day. You're going to be tithing, so the big thing you're really afraid of won't happen. It's slavery. And so alcoholism is just like... Uh... A more extreme example, uh, uh, a more extreme version of it? It's a more extreme example, and therefore the lessons it can teach you are more obvious. Yeah? Because they're, they're brushed in with broad strokes, so hopefully you can see what's going on. It's more, it's more self no subtlety. There's no subtlety in an, al- in, in active alcoholism. Yeah? I once, you know, I want to tell you this story. There was a, I used to be out of the country a lot. And then I'd come back and this guy I used to paint places for, he had a lot of properties around here, this German guy. And he was funny. He used to drive an old beat up Volvo station wagon to try to fool the tenants to think he wasn't rich, but he was super rich and everyone knew he was, you know? So he liked me for some reason. He he'd give me places to stay when I came back from Asia, and then I'd uh, he'd maybe ask me to paint a wall, and after a while he didn't ask me anything, and then this one time I had I had seen this property had a really nice house that had been turned into apartments in a beautiful town, and he wanted to meet me there, and uh, I, so I met him, and he brought me into this little like a cellar apartment. And the lady had killed herself. And so when I walked in there, I saw the whole story of alcoholism. Yeah? There was all these empty bottles of vodka and shit. There was one of those uh, things you get have to get the secretary to sign, one of those court cards. Yeah? There was a big book that probably never was opened, a stack of letters that were never opened, like bills and shit like that, a huge splurge of blood all on the fucking wall and then the death at the at the end of the hall in the bedroom i saw alcoholism in in an illustration yeah. mm-hmm. his her family had nothing to didn't want to have anything to do with him so he was stuck with what am i going to do they're not coming to get any of her stuff and and he wanted to ask me my opinion but how I saw it in like a four-minute clip was a life of fucking untreated alcoholism and where it, where it led. It was incredible. It had a huge impact on me. It was like four minutes of that. If you turned it into a book, it would have been 4,000 pages. It was so much information. Yeah. So, yes, we're extreme examples of a life run on self-will. Self-will. Self-will, not will. Self will run riot. Yeah? A will that's been claimed by this idea that it's yours. And something has driven us to do shit that we would never have thought of doing, ever. And it delivers us to mental fuckets that seem as real as real can be. And then we do something stupid, maybe take our lives if you want to call it stupid or not, or get drunk again. And this is what's happening. You've got to admit you're outmatched. Yeah, self can get out of self, nor can self defend against self because it's in cahoots with it, really. Yeah, so 
there you have it. Well, also, I, I was, uh, it was mm -hmm. a comforting, comforting thought to me, or a comforting thing you said when you said that uh, the self thing, it doesn't, all those, the thoughts about self, there's nothing there that actually exists. They're just thoughts. Yeah. They're just, just right. a verb, a verb. And uh, I guess I always thought of it as, well, the selfing still has to do with the body and the mind. It still has to do with this, this uh, particular location or something, a localization. But yeah, I guess it's just, it doesn't really, there's nothing there other than thoughts. Exactly. But thoughts that lead to consequences by the capturing of faith. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thoughts can't leave really, they can't leave a big mark unless they mo motivate action. Yeah. And so that's what's happening. We've got something that's very agitated that wants to express. And its only avenue to do that is through us, seemingly, this body-mind. And so it does. It drives us to fucking drink. <laughs> it's another version of, the, or even without alcoholism, it could be another version of a, a, a foreign pathogen or a par parasite or takeover. Totally, totally. Because yeah. the alcoholism really feeds off of something underneath it, which is the addiction to self. The alcoholism is an amplification of something that's already there, which yeah. is the disease of self. It just amplifies, and not all of its qualities, it amplifies its more contractive qualities. Sort of like if you have a tendency to be jealous, if you start drinking and using, you're going to be up on stalking charges in a few months. <laughs> yeah, You're going to be thinking once the girlfriend turns into my girlfriend, you have a right to list to check out her emails and shit. This is what happens, yeah. So, we, uh, yeah, something is uses us for transportation basically, and we get holding, we get left holding the bag, which is the, which is, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. And uh, well, I'm in Vancouver in Canada, and I'm actually at a recovery house. And I it's just I need to get a sponsor. I just wonder if anyone has come across this Zoom meeting regularly. Who? Uh, yeah, why don't you also... stay after the meeting? There'll be people there that will will talk with you. Yeah, we we stay on live after the meeting, and and we have discussions and stuff like that. Maybe we can help you out. That'd be great. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. This, this is a full-service Zoom center. <laughs> what am I signing up for? Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate we, it. We leave every every self behind, but no one's left behind. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. So um, we only have one last question, um, and it's a... Uh, a question that kind of snuck under the uh, the radar. Um, someone was wondering, Paul, you continue to reference Stanley. Does that have anything to do with Paul Stanley of Kiss, or is it's, it's not a serious? Oh no. Serious. no, no, <laughs> I don't. I try not to have outside opinions, but I don't like Kiss. So. Okay, okay, no. that wasn't my uh, my style of music. Nice. 
No, but no, it's just Stanley. It's just a funny thing is it came up at a group and there was a Stanley I was looking at when I started saying it. So talk about grace. Seriously. <laughs> Something saw the Stanley. I didn't. So started talking about Stanley to Stanley. <laughs> no, it's just the name. Okay. I like that, you know, obviously uh, Stanley is far from the name Paul. That's so you're just trying to make an image of not you. Yeah. I get it. It's just amazing how the uh, intellect and the self and all stuff makes these connections. And I also wanted to throw it out here to let everyone know that all questions, if they're respectful, you know, we, we can ask those. So, yeah, yeah. Why not? No. Yeah. And even if they're not respectful. Yeah, we've got a lot of people that are uh, disagreeing and, and, and somewhat are argumentative, but, you know, I've been that way for sure. Oh, great. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, – I'm just a messenger. Don't shoot me. Yeah. Like we, my friend used to say, which I always like, listen, uh, you can agree or disagree. Just do it silently. Yeah. Yeah. This is just an invitation. I'm not sending out an edict. You know, this is not an order. See if it fits. If the shoe doesn't fit, keep shopping for other shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to yeah. say goodbye, Paul? Or uh... yeah, I would. I would like to say goodbye to everyone. Let me see. Let me go down the squares here. All right, we've got. Well, there. What the hell am I there? We got Steve D. Nice to meet you, Steve. We got Helen. As always, always a pleasure. Paul, yes. I know Paul has been talking bad about me, but it's okay, Paul. This my, my Our code is love and tolerance. You motherfucker. Yeah, it's all right. We got Rob Farr. We got the matriarch of Madeira, Mickey. That's always nice to see. Mike O, Mike Z, my main man. Matt from somewhere. I don't know if I've seen Matt before. Nice to meet you, Matt. We got Jeff and Laurie. Uh, we got Jeff. I don't see Laurie there, but nice to see you, Jeff. Debbie T, as always, nice to see you. Stefan, once again. Walter, I've come. Uh, nice to see all of you. Kaiser, as always. Kurt, a pleasure. Very Roman, my man from Germany. Yes. You've definitely donated yourself into the Platinum Tour when you come back to America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got Verena. Always nice to see Verena. She's got a nice fire going. Or is that a virtual reality? Virtual. Real? Oh, that's nice. Very nice. We got iPhone Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for uh, your subtle uh, reception. Yes. Donovan. Nice pleasure to see you, Donovan, as also. Walter from the Netherlands, yes. Yeah. Jono, as always, the UK, one of my main men. Tanya, nice to see you. Oh, there's uh, Monique with uh, the, uh, the goddess of Alberta. There she is, yes. She never understands a word I say, but she just likes... The waving around and shit. It's all right. Yeah. Michael, Stacy, 
Michael Stacy, as always, thanks for all the support, Michael. Yeah, it's a joy to watch. Uh, you know the mess, the message bloom. It's nice. Suzanne F. Nice to see you, Suzanne. Nice to meet you. I just you, wanted to say I'm from Boise, Idaho, and I appreciate this forum. Oh, you know, I, Suzanne, I want to, can you stay a little after and ask Mike? One of our friends is moving to Boise. He should be there maybe. Oh. To, so uh, I'll you, make you, sure. Number? Yeah, yeah. I've All been right, sober hey, my sobriety date is 2-5-1998, so. Oh, fantastic. Great. Yeah, we. I like that. That would be really nice for him, too, to be able to call, because he doesn't know anybody there, I don't think. Oh, we're, this is home. Welcome home when you get here. <laughs> All right, Suzanne. So, Michael, did you hear that? Yes. Mike, can you, can you give Keith's information, or, or can you get Suzanne and we'll give it to Keith? I'll, uh, I'll text, sure. I'll chat Mike, my contact info. All right. Thank you so much. That's yeah, great. Thank you again. Yes. Fantastic. All right. We got Kieran. Nice to see you, Kieran. You too, Paul. We got Rick from Toronto. Always a pleasure, Rick. We got Carl from Savannah, Georgia. Nice to see you, Carl. Yeah. Malcolm, as always, pleasure. Yes. My whole my whole pursuit in life is to change the last N of Malcolm into M. That's <laughs> what we're trying to do. That's our job. Malcolm. Good luck with it. Also. A little L <laughs> in it. Yeah. All right. We got Raven from British Columbia. Always a pleasure. We got Leah. She's always seemingly very cold or has an outerwear uh, store or something. She's got the freaking credible scoff and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wrath, the wrath of God, the wrath of God. Nice to see you, Raph. Yeah. We got Therese, Therese from uh, Madeira. Uh-oh. Mickey. Is, are you, Therese, are you in uh, Mickey's orbit there? Oh, I sure am. Oh, I, right. oh, I thought so. I mean, she's her orbit is very huge. Her gravitational pull. Yeah, That's you know good. that Mike that Mike Stacy can reel you in too. So. Yes, <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, one day we'll have to come to Madeira. Yes, if please Madeira do. Won't come to us. We'll come to Madeira. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, we'll have a live thing there. Seriously, we will. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan R., nice to see you, Ryan. Yes. Drew from Wisconsin. Yes, one of my... Uh, he just disappeared, but it's nice to see uh. you, Drew. There he, you keep disappearing. There he is. Nice to oh, see you, Drew. Keep, keep coming back, Paul. I will, Drew. <laughs> I will. My pleasure. We got Rich. Rich H., nice to see you, Rich. Yeah. Hey, Paul, thanks. We got uh, iPhone Jeff, Ryan, Cherish, Cherish, what a beautiful name, Cherish M. Uh, and that's about it, some anonymous, oh no, no here's Maggie and Amy and Nate from Ohio, uh, Izzy, Izzy from the UK, nice to hear from you, Izzy. 
Sherry, Beatrice, Beatrice. Ah, very nice. Um, yeah, so Maggie and everyone, thank you so much. And uh, thank you. All the information is on uh, the website. We've got some stuff coming up in February. And if you're wanting to get on, get a newsletter, which you could cancel anytime, uh, go on to the mailing list that's on the Zen Bitch Lab. Yeah. It came through today, Paul. First email. Oh, yeah, it did. Great, great. All right, thanks, guys. That's the first time it's ever happened. We've never been successful. After, and <laughs> in many, many years. So these, these little baby steps are huge quantum leaps for Zen Bitch Lab. All right, I'll see you guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.